I wonder if you caught that story recently about a man from Kaberka who was jailed for 15 years for stealing 14 million rand uh, from his employer. Harold Henry is his name and he stole uh, from farm owners Sine and Digby White until they literally had not a cent left in their bank account. Uh, and apparently the couple had regarded him as family. Uh, he had been hired as a bookkeeper. Um, and in court, the reason for the theft was revealed to fund his raging gambling addiction. Stories like Henry's actually aren't that uncommon, particularly in the rooms of support groups like Gamblers Anonymous, where men and women who want help recovering from the compulsion to gamble tell their stories and share their experiences with each other in the hope that they can arrest what is considered to be a, a progressive disease, a progressive mental illness, uh, the, uh, the disease of addiction. Um, under uh, the gamblers, uh, under under gambling and, and Gamblers Anonymous. Our next guest uh, knows this story only too well. He too uh, found himself in the clutches of gambling addiction, but sought help in Gamblers Anonymous. And I'm delighted to say that Peter, not his real name, because anonymity is a key uh, a key cornerstone of uh, the uh, the fellowship of Gamblers Anonymous. Peter joins us this morning to share his story with us. Peter, morning. Good to have you. Good morning, Sarah Jane. Hope you're well. Yeah, I'm very well indeed. This, for, for a lot of people, they would sit and hear this story about this man and say, my goodness, 14 million rand. How did, how did that happen? What was he thinking? How could he have stolen from the people that considered him family? But I imagine that you can relate to his story. While you may not have stolen 14 million rand, you can relate to the extremes that the addiction brought you to right absolutely 100 percent um it's it's quite amazing how logic just cannot be applied to never mind gambling addiction but any addiction but uh because of the financial consequences always involved with the gambling addiction um there's always the argument of and it was said to me many times listen you can see what it's doing to you just stop um which made total sense in hindsight but uh for this for this gentleman i feel a lot of empathy for, although I, I know, um, yeah, a lot of people must feel he got what he deserved. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the power is immense. Talk to us about your story, um, Peter. When when did you when did you start gambling? When did you put on your first bet? And can you remember how you felt? So that was at about age 16. Sure. Um, still in high, high school. Um, was introduced to horse racing by some mates. Um and and that it was almost like I found happiness, which is a very, very weird way to put it. But um, it was almost like I'd come home and the excitement, the exhilaration, the the uh, camaraderie with those that, that did the same thing was just phenomenal uh, in the beginning, which I think a lot of compulsive gamblers do experience. There were some winning times as well financially. Um, and they also came with that the the. Um, understanding of the power of money as well. And this seemed like something that I was going to make my life a lot easier with, um, which turned around very, very quickly. But that was the beginning of it. Absolutely. When 
When did you get a sense that things were getting out of control? Like, talk us through the the journey from that first bet, which was innocently put on. It was a good time, you know. It was it was when the thing was still fun, and that's something that us as as, as addicts, it's there was always a point when it was good, right? There was always a point um, when the first drink was great fun, and the, or the first high was this, or the first whatever. It it was always it started off as fun as a good time. And then it progressively gets bad. And we're always trying to go back to relive that first moment. What was the trajectory that that, that then happened and got you to the point where you said, oh, actually, this isn't fun anymore? So it's quite interesting. I mean, I think most people would reckon that that's when the money starts to become an issue. But when I looked at it in hindsight and I spoke to some friends who used to be in school with me, I was already in the library they pointed out to me years later, studying uh, the form uh, in, a, in a newspaper when they were playing soccer on the field. Wow. So I hadn't really I, I hadn't really taken that into account at the time because I was winning money at the time. So uh, another another part of it is 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 getting us a lot of social engagements. Very, very early in life, I did that. Um, I wouldn't attend birthdays and things like that because it was the time of the racetrack. Um, so I think that was already a sign things were not right. Um, but the real science started occurring probably at age 18 when I started already stealing money to gamble. So that was, um, yeah, it was already from age 18 onwards that the, uh, and I put it in inverted commas, illegal acts, because I didn't think it was that illegal to steal from a parent's wallet. Gotcha. Um, but of course it was before I did some major, major, uh, more illegal things later in life. Yeah. Talk about those major, major illegal things. And, uh, you know, and this is, you know, we often talk in the rooms about war stories and how they, you know, let's not just sit and st- share our war stories. But I think it's important to understand how, you know, people are probably listening and thinking, oh, Peter sounds like a pretty a stand up guy, you know, got a good head on his shoulders. And I think that just goes to ex- to to illustrate sure. the point that, you know, a- addiction, whatever it may be, does not discriminate across across anything um it, it is it is seen across all de- demographics how bad did it get what to, what was your and i and i i'm also a little bit loath to talk about rock bottoms but for some people it's a sure. it's a key point what was your rock bottom what, how bad did things get so things got very bad very quickly um and yeah i do sound like quite a nice guy and got it all together but when i think back uh, where this took me um, very, very quickly, it became, I mean, I'll sum it up very quickly mm. because it took me to the points of, of uh, originally just borrowing money from friends and family um, um, quite innocently, but of course with false stories behind it. Um, and then, uh, let me call it false stories, I lied yep. um, and manipulated people to, to, to get those funds. And then there became um, illegal acts, which included uh, um taking money from employers. I lost four jobs at different times of my life through to theft and fraud. Sure. Um, I I pawned cars. I pawned wedding rings. I used kids' education policy money. Um, and, and I went from the, the, the highs and lows of any addiction, but the highs and lows of gambling addiction would go from a full bank account one day with salary to needing to find a few rand from friends the next day to buy bread and milk. Um, having 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 lost everything overnight. So those are the kind of extremes. Um, of course, along with that comes absolute self-loathing and and suicidal tendencies, not for everyone maybe, but certainly in my case, it was never attempted, but it was fantasized about. Yeah. 
Um, so, so those highs and lows, and and to explain what a rock bottom was for me, it's very hard because there were many yeah. where people would have looked and gone, that had to be the sign that said this is it. Yeah, where there were almost jail times, where there was um, a very very ill wife when I was married who was suffering from a terminal potentially terminal illness and uh, was in hospital, and I used that time to gamble freely. Um, instead of looking after her. So it turned me into a person I'm not proud of a lot of things I did. Um, I understand it was the addiction, but um, yeah, it took me to very, very low places. So I've been there. I've been in hell um, and I've managed to work my way out of that. I wonder often when we talk about addiction, we talk about it a lot on the show, probably because of my own experience, but um, because I think so many people are impacted. There's nobody I know who isn't hasn't been impacted by another person's addiction but very often we're looking at um you know substance abuse we're looking at a thing we're not always looking at behavioral addictions and i wonder if sometimes gambling because it's because it's legal also um i wonder if there's not an idea that's oh but how bad can it can it get but what you've just described is you know, and as somebody who's in recovering myself and, and who is who's been in a relationship with somebody in recovery, what you describe is is a living hell to have pawned your wedding ring. I mean, talk about the impact that yeah. your that your gambling had on your loved ones. Absolutely. I just want to touch on something first in one sentence, just to, to the the thing about, because you mentioned a bunch of addictions and what I found about the, and I've known a lot of people in recovery in many, in many fellowships. And the thing about gambling, which for me makes it probably the worst addiction, and that's a, it's a bit of a general statement mm. to make, but is that, is that it is the only one that offers itself as the solution to the problem it's caused, which is a very weird statement, but it is the only one that cr- creates huge financial problems and does somewhere hold a carrot out that say, I'm still the solution to that financial problem. Um, And that is what most compulsive gamblers, I think, would experience in terms of stopping when things, when when the crap hit the fan and then... Um, and then suddenly going back because I'm in financial predicament and there is a solution that's potentially so in a jackpot or horse winning. I'd never um, thought about it in that way. That's that's so interesting. Yeah, I, I'd never really thought about it in that way. It is. It is the only addiction where where to if yeah where if you take that risk to do it one more time you could come right financially. I mean it, mentally you're you're absolutely on the floor and in bits. Um, but in terms Absolutely. of recovering what you've lost in a monetary capacity, I mean, there's no heroin addict in the world for whom if they just go, oh, one last hit will solve all your problems, that's not going to happen. But, sure. but I, I understand. Yeah, that, that's Absolutely. so interesting. Talk about the impact on, on, on family and, and friends, if you will, Peter. Sure. Absolutely. So, it, it, I mean, it had an enormous impact. Um, firstly, just for being um, um, absent, sometimes physically absent, but regularly emotionally absent yeah um and that i i would be at family gatherings i would be at kids birthday parties i'd be in the loo checking my phone out suddenly i had a runny stomach and i needed to visit the loo 15 times in a few hours and place bets on my phone so it made me emotionally absent um um it it also creates hostages in one's life in terms of when i was married um where my wife um was basically run by my addiction in terms of her behavior was completely altered to please me to to see if I'm okay to hide her handbag to sure. to to make sure the kids were okay when I wasn't looking after them and 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 I mean and I remember very very clearly once having gone to uh, a gym 
uh, a gym that I used to gym at with my little kid who was very young at the time. And they had those little areas where you could leave your kids to look be looked after. Yeah. And I would put my kid there and then leave the gym and head off to the casino for two or three hours um, because I didn't know what to do with my kid. And of course, everything worked out okay. My kid had a great time. I was there to fetch in three hours. And but to push that aside and say it was fine, if something had gone wrong with my kid, I wasn't around. I wasn't going to answer my phone. I wasn't in the gym. So those kind of impacts, which my kids didn't know about at the time, but I had to sleep at night knowing that I was doing those things. Um, and then there were often, obviously, the financial impact on, on, on my kids who couldn't get what they deserved in life, never mind just gifts for birthdays, but also... Uh, they were realizing school fees hadn't been paid when they were getting letters to bring home and maybe read it or things like that. Um, and 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 it didn't have it had a huge impact. And then of course on my my siblings. Um, when I stopped gambling, I had a brother and sister who were younger than me who, uh, after I'd stopped, said to me, you know, every single time he used to call us for a cup of coffee, we just thought, how much does he need? Yeah. So those are the kind of relationships I completely tarnished. My father as well. My mom passed away very young. Mm-hmm. Um, I was an early teenager, and I think that had a huge role. I'm not going to go into that now, but yeah, yeah. emotionally a huge role in my life, which led to me finding happiness in a different place. But in terms of in terms of my father, um, I think he, he he became my enabler, um, always meaning to do well and help me out of tough situations, of but always allowing me to get a clean slate and start again. Um, so I took advantage of everybody in my life, my mates as well, good, good friends who lent me money under, under, under lies. So there was a lot of, 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 of making up to do, yeah. uh, apologizing to do, and then actually showing a different behavior because of course words became very cheap. Sorries and promises were we're no longer of any value to anyone in my life at that point. Absolutely. If you're just joining us this morning, we're talking to Peter, not his real name, who is a member of uh, Gamblers Anonymous, and he's sharing his story with us this morning. Don't know if you caught the story in the week about a man from Kabecha who was jailed for uh, 15 years for stealing 14 million rand from his employer. Um, he'd been hired as a bookkeeper by Sinead and Digby White, uh, but literally robbed them blind until they didn't have a cent left in their bank account. They considered him to be a member of the family Um, and the reason in court the reason for the theft was revealed it was to fund uh, Harold Henry's raging gambling addiction Uh, and that's the topic of our conversation uh, this morning perhaps you are somebody who is listening to Peter's story and saying that's me that's me now and I need help Um, maybe this might be the turning point. This might even plant a seed that might one day turn into the turning point for you. Maybe you are somebody who is living with somebody who is a compulsive gambler and you feel that they uh, need support or you need support to help understand it. We've been speaking, Peter, about the bad, how bad it got. And it got pretty bad, right? Leaving your kid in V Club or whatever it might have been uh, to go to the casino to gamble is pretty hectic. Leaving, uh, selling your wedding ring, all of all of that stuff. The, the lies, the deceit is is second level when it comes to addiction. But you don't gamble these days. How? How is it possible that somebody who went to those depths now on a daily basis, I'm assuming a day at a time, doesn't gamble? What took you into the rooms of uh, Gamblers Anonymous? So there were some very powerful turning points. There were people that were trying to help me, giving me some very good advice. Um, I wasn't taking it for certain periods of time. One 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 thing I want to point out for anyone that is gambling and, and thinks that they could win money gambling, this was quite a powerful thing for me to realize was that I could go 
to a casino or I could go to the racetrack or I could go whatever, play online, and I could win um, today. I could win a substantial amount of money. The thing I had to learn was that money, it doesn't come from the casino or it doesn't come from the racetrack. I had to realize that that money is someone else's losses. Someone else like me who has gone home to maybe a wife that's divorcing them or to suicidal thoughts or whatever the case may be, that is the money that I'm now putting in my pocket if I've had a win. Yeah. And when I realized that, I suddenly realized that there was never going to be anything good to gain from gambling because I was, I used to call it blood money um, in terms of it is someone else's misery that I'm now thinking I'm going to take my partner away on a weekend with. So that was a very powerful thing for me to learn. Yeah. Um, and this, and and the other thing which which I had to grasp in the beginning was that as focused as I was on the financial ruin and everything I owed and who I owed what to and how much pressure there was, this was not a financial problem. Absolutely. Um, which sounds bizarre. No, it doesn't. It sounds bizarre at <laughs> the beginning because that's what brings me in. Yeah. But it's not a financial problem. And and when I could internalize and not just say it, that this is an emotional issue, not a financial one, the finances are, are just a symptom of the issue, yeah. then I could stop focusing on the money. Yes, call creditors, make arrangements, pay it off for years, whatever. But that put aside... I could now focus on the real issues. Um, and that when I started doing that and started working on myself as a human being and not as someone who needed money in my bank account, mm. um, then I could start seeing uh, progress. And boy, it was slow. And there were some very, very tough times because just because I got into recovery and started thinking I was doing well didn't mean my wife started trusting me yep. or, or that my friends believed I wasn't gambling. Or when I came late for a meeting, the first thing that didn't go into someone's mind was, doesn't matter what his story is about traffic, it's bullshit. Yeah. Excuse oh, my friend. Sorry, sorry, folks. No, you um, can't. But I apologize. Sorry, folks, don't worry, don't worry. I, I wanted to talk about that trust issue because, you know, I, I'm someone who's, who's done that whole thing and anyone who's experienced that early recovery. You also, you, you can kind of get into the high of early recovery and it's great and you're doing well and we go to meetings and they go, the most important person in the room is you. But for everybody else, you are not the most important person in the room. You have destroyed a lot of people's, you know, your your behaviour has destroyed a lot of people. Um, and so that becomes very difficult. So the the pink cloud, as we call it, wears off quite yeah. soon. And, and I love what you said about the trust also in that, you know, people people are still questioning you because your behaviour has dictated for so long um, that you are this person. And what is it that they say? Trust arrives on a tortoise and leaves on horseback. And that is so true, right? And that the, the, the is one of my absolute favourites is because it's so true. It takes so much time. Can you talk to me about your first your first meeting at Gambs Anonymous? Do you remember it well? Oh, absolutely. So there wasn't really Gamble Anonymous in Cape Town at that point. Mm. Uh, there was some upcountry and we managed with the help of someone upcountry to get something started down here. Um, and it took me quite a while to actually stop gambling. So going to Gambit Anonymous and, um, was not uh, my end. Right. I went to Gambit Anonymous for a number of years. Um, sometimes I just had to talk about the fact that I gambled. Sometimes I lied about the fact that I'd gambled. Yep. And it was a bit of a roller coaster ride for, for, for a number of years in attending meetings. The thing that really I think saved my life was that I kept attending meetings, irrespective of whether I had gambled, irrespective of whether I was lying, because – Somebody always said something in every meeting that I could at least take home and stew on and plant some seeds with, um, whether they took time to grow way longer than I'd hoped they would. 
but eventually they did and 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 that's yeah that gambler's anonymous fellowship because i know the feeling that a lot of people get when they're going to come to meeting is very uncomfortable going to walk into a room a bunch of losers to be <laughs> honest um and we were financially yeah. um but but uh, a bunch of amazing people from all walks of life um all demographics all financial backgrounds, all kinds of career backgrounds, and a whole bunch of intelligent people. Yeah. Um, and and uh, who all battled with the same emotional disease, who essentially needed gambling as an anesthetic to escape the real world. I mean, that's what it boils down to, which is very difficult for someone to understand who's just wondering how they're going to pay rent this month because mm-hmm. they've gambled their salary away. And don't tell me it's about emotion. But when you look a little deeper, that's where it goes. What does your life look like today? Peter, how to when you compare how you live your life today and the people that are around you and how they feel about you, compare that to that man who walked into a pawn shop, took his wedding ring off, put it on the counter and walked out with some cash, which you inevitably gambled away and lost. What does what does life look like now? So life is amazing. Life is really great. There's 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 the joy every day of maybe not having suffered the consequences I might have suffered many years ago because I could have been in jail yeah. um, and just being free, um, and that I appreciate every day. There's the For me, what has become so important in life, and some people always laugh at me in life about it, is I just want to spend time with people that I love and who love me, yeah. whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's my partner. Um, um, people have become incredibly important in my life. Um and that is something that is a 180 from where I was before, where I just wanted to escape people and spend time on my own gambling. So that is that is something that has taken a complete turnaround. The the thing that 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 has pushed to the back, it's still important, and I don't make little of money, but it has become a means to an end and not a priority in my life. Mm. Uh, and I'm by no means wealthy today, but I but I get through month to month, um, and 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 I just really enjoy. People say I'm always in a good mood, um, and that's not quite true. Life happens to me. I had a flat tire last week like any other normal human being, and I had to change it next to the road. Everything happens to me too. Mm. I just have somehow found a different approach to, to, to harder situations than what I used to have. Um, and and that is and I have an amazing support structure. Um, there's no, there, there are no secrets in my life anymore. I think that for me – is a huge one to go to bed having not lied to someone today and to have gone to a gambler's anonymous meeting and my fiance knows I've gone to a GA meeting yeah. and ask how was the meeting and how powerful was it and did, did so-and-so your mate come to the meeting and so it's uh, my kids too who are now grown up um, that relationship has restored so I think for me the important part of my life now and what makes it amazing is that I have amazing meaningful relationships with other human beings that have no weird motives behind them because I always had some skew motives in my life yeah. through my gambling years. Every yeah. single, every good thing I did, taking my kids to the park on a Saturday morning was so that at 12 o'clock I could say to my wife, right, your turn, because first race was off at 12.30. Sure. Um, so I had a motive behind all the stuff I did, even when it looked okay. So that has completely changed. And it's, I mean, as I'm saying it to you now, I'm just eating a lot of gratitude in terms of where I was, where I am. Um, and it didn't just happen from stopping gambling. And that's the important thing to 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 specify here is that stopping gambling doesn't improve my life. Yep. It gives me the foundation on which to improve my life. 
Um, and then there's a hell of a lot of work to go do. Um, to, and some of it is very difficult. Yeah. I, I just want you to explain that. And I think that is such an important point that you are making there. Stopping gambling does not improve my life. There is work to do afterwards, which which is, I think, People don't understand that thing of just stop doing the thing and then everything gets better. The thing is not the problem, is it? <laughs> you are the problem. Absolutely. You are the problem underneath. Or not you, not you, but, you know, the stuff, the, the toxic stuff, the secret stuff, the painful stuff. That's the problem. And as you just described, the, the anesthetic to that, um, which once worked and then doesn't work because it becomes the problem, that that becomes that that's the, the that's the sort of the thing on the side once you've got rid of that then you have to start doing the deep work on on yourself and and that is a that is a difficult process what what did your amends have to look like i imagine there were and that's difficult you know part of the process of of, yeah. of of groups like gamblers anonymous is that one of the steps is you have to go and essentially um not even it's not even about saying sorry is it sorry is just a word it's yeah. about making an amend which usually is a behavioral change um and and putting yourself before people who you may have harmed deeply how difficult was that for you so it was very, very difficult. And in the beginning, I kind of thought that things should be moving a little quicker than they did. And I then realized that there is no timeline on anyone else's um, turning around or trusting me in or ever trusting me again. Um, but but the, the the way I sort of took it wasn't exactly as you said, it was not about going to people and saying, I'm sorry for what I said to you last year or what I did last year, because that word didn't mean much. They wanted to see the behavioral change. Um, I did speak to a lot of people and not apologize, but acknowledge what I'd done. Gotcha. It was it was more accepting my part mm. and just saying, totally get that I did this and, 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 and I'm not proud of it. But what really worked for repairing relationships was seeing a different me, not one day, not two days, but on an ongoing maintaining level yeah. um, that they started seeing that there's a consistent better Peter that was running around and, actually caring about other human beings on a day-to-day basis. I think I think my my emotional um, maturity has has taken a good climb whilst being in the fellowship and getting assistance with it. And that has allowed me to be there for other people and really care. Because gambling addiction and any other addiction has got to be the most selfish existence in the world. Mm. As much as my intentions were maybe, oh, when I win, I'm taking my family away on a holiday. Yeah, That was just my own little justification behind the scenes. But the reality was everything was about me and what I wanted and when I wanted it. And recovery needs to be the opposite. Um, and so that has been a big part of my life is really trying to help other people, not only in, in, in who suffer from the same addiction that I do. That's something I do, but that's that's um that's a part of my life, but just being there for other people because I suddenly realized that everyone, my kids, my dad, who's still around, thank God, um, my siblings, my mates all go through strife in their life. And I can actually be there to support them. Not about what I'm going through all the time. And that has been a huge growth uh, path in my life. And I'm very grateful to have that now. Yeah. I know that the, the organization has a, has a, you know, and a, you are a representative of them today and has no opinion on outside issues, but somebody has sent in a message saying, um, what does Peter feel about the extent of um, advertising that he's exposed to every day? And should there be for gambling, advertising for gambling, and should there be legislation to control it? Um, do you, do you feel triggered by things when you hear adver- I mean it's everywhere online gambling is everywhere um, do you feel triggered by that is there still a pull do you have good days and bad days or is is your issue have you got to the point where your day to day issues is just you and life 
Yeah, so I don't get triggered by that myself, yeah. but I can understand why it could be a huge trigger. Um, my personal opinion, obviously not that of the fellowship, is that it is terrible what's happened in terms of that, but I understand it. It's an enormous money spinner yeah. um, um, in terms of advertising. The sad part of all the sports, because you can just switch on sports every day and it's just sponsorships of betting companies. And the issue I have with that is purely because there are so many kids around who look up to those people as heroes and all they see when they look at the hero is a pair of shorts with a, a betting company's name on or a shirt. Or, I mean, and that's what, they, that's what they're seeing. And then they're seeing adverts in between mm. or on the side of the screen when the screen goes small and there's adverts with their hero advertising a betting site. Yeah. And these little kids of 8, 10, and 12 who are passionate about sports, that's what they're being exposed to. Subconsciously, it's doing something to them. Yeah. Um, and that's where the danger lies. And that's why they took away um, 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 smoking. Um, um, adverts, I mean, cigarette adverts. So this one is very, very dangerous. I eventually think it'll be looked into and removed, mm. but it's going to do a lot of damage before that point comes. Peter, tell us where people can get uh, support. Where can people, if somebody's listening in now and they think this is this man is talking about my life and my existence, how can uh, they get to a meeting? So um, a lot of meetings still since COVID times are run um, on, on Zoom platform yeah. and many haven't gone back to physical ones. So there are meetings that people can attend from the comfort of their own lounge mm -hmm. um, and you can attend it anonymously, put a fake name, you don't need to show your face, you can just listen in, you don't need to speak. So it's not as daunting as it may seem. Um, there are there are three cell phone numbers, one Gauteng, one KZN, one Western Cape, that people are able to, I don't know if I can put, give those to you now. You or can, or we can, have, um, yeah, people can give us a call in, but there's a website also which might be might be the best uh, best point of uh, point of contact. Yeah, absolutely. So if they just Google um, um, Gamblers Anonymous South Africa, they'll come to the website. Um, and what you'll find on that website is a little bit of a bunch of literature as well as um, um, some meeting information as well as contact numbers for the different regions. Um, those are cell phone numbers of different people that are are at this point manning those lines and are happy to chat to anyone and give them guide guidelines to get to the meetings. And there's no time like the present. There will be meetings uh, around the world today. If you're wanting something this morning, there are meetings um, because we have, there's a website where you can get uh, Zoom meetings in the States, in the UK, in Australia. There's a meeting to attend. So, yeah, I wouldn't hesitate or try to think about it or say Monday's a good time or the first of a month. It's today. Peter, thank you for sharing your experience, strength and hope with us this morning. Uh, thank you for your sobriety as well. And thank you for joining us this morning. It's been a great pleasure to have you uh, with us this morning. Thanks for your time.